You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this world of turmoil, you're struggling to find energetic balance, and you panic because your spirituality is not where you desire it to be. Yet creating a powerful foundation of empowerment is what you know you can achieve. Hi, I am Martin Neal Campbell, author of the book Receiving the Gift We Give, which is available on Amazon eBooks and my website, receivingthegiftwegive.com. I invite you to uncover your power and greatly expand your energies by embracing your divine self. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and you're too fabulously divine and absolutely wondrous and in unity. Co-hosts are Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. Say hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Hey, folks. And as usual, I threw that word in on this program of Sovereign Self. We're discussing the expression of love, unity. Now, as usual, I did look up the definition. Unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. And I had a subset. It's the state of forming a complete and harmonious whole. So that's good. Synonyms include harmony, accord, concurrence, cooperation, collaboration, consensus, togetherness, like-mindedness, and peace. I think they all fit very well. So for once, we have a definition that isn't too bad. Now, from a spiritual angle, it's, a, it's, it's much the same. It has deeper pieces to it. It's interesting when I look up quotes on what people say about unity. T.H. White said, The destiny of man is to unite, not to divide. If you keep on dividing, you end up as a collection of monkeys throwing nuts at each other out of separate trees. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> the next one is probably a little more spiritual and, and less humorous, but I like it anyway. And it's by Ashari Johnson Hadari. If everyone helps to hold up the sky, then one person does not become tired. That's a wonderful line for unity. Deepak Chopra had one that said the grand prize in us versus them is that everyone gets to feel special for a while. The grand prize in the game of unity is that everyone gets to feel special forever. Mm. And that one I like. And the last one was by a person named Alaric Hutchinson. He said, peace does not demand that everyone like or want the same reality. And I think all of those go to a piece of unity in many ways. Mm -hmm. Unity is actually our second-to-last expression of love we're going to discuss in this series. The last one will be next week, and it will be wisdom. Now, for unity, I would describe it as an expression of love as follows. In this one, I sort of created my own definition. And I said, unity means you are in a state of being one. Unity is appropriately joining in balance in your heart, your emotions, thoughts, soul, and spirit. Unity is harmony, accord, and unison between all your parts. Unity is a gift 
that will heal you physically, mentally, and energetically. While having love and understanding paves the way for unity, it is the harmonious unity in our heart that will expand your power so that you may create your desired reality. Unity can bring great joy and freedom into your life. And once it does this, by its nature, it brings your love and joy to all others as well. And of course, the opposite of unity for me in all forms is separation. So that's sort of my definition of unity. But it's interesting that unity, I believe, naturally flows into freedom, where freedom is a state of no longer being physically, mentally, emotionally, or energetically restricted within ourselves. Freedom will be known when you live in a continual state of joy. And as I always say, joy is that great signpost to say you're heading in the right direction. When you are free, you no longer make your state of joy dependent upon places, things, or other people. And freedom can only be achieved through the love, understanding, unity, and joy we have for ourselves and others. And as always, when we keep freedom to ourselves, we have only created the illusion of freedom. And the opposite of freedom is separation and external control in all its forms. So that, as I said earlier, is also the opposite of unity. And when we are living by the heart-centered principles of the five core drivers, as I call them, we are naturally inclined to assist one another. And this is one of the principles, I say, of the universal law of spirituality. We are all connected. And when we work together, we strengthen our creative abilities and one another to a much, much greater extent and pace. This is why bringing our core drivers of love, unity, understanding, joy, and freedom to ourselves and everyone is important. What we bring to others, we are gifting back to ourselves. It is a never-ending cycle of unity and growth. As we become more aware, we begin to see the games people are playing and their agendas. Whether these games are rooted in our relationships, religions, corporations, or governments, we understand the driving force behind their statements, propaganda, dogma, and other control mechanisms being used against us. When we understand how and why this occurs within us, we can more readily formulate solutions that work to our benefit. The issue is that what most of these game players do not take into account is that no one can change anyone else's mind unless the other person wants to change. And once you realize this, you gain the awareness that working together in unity in order to understand individual desires and what drives them. And this understanding is the greatest problem solver we have at our disposal. In unity, we can work through our control and anger issues or whatever issues they are, whether driven by past experiences, feelings, or unworthiness or other fears. Loving energy will always move us to unity. If you take a friend out to dinner and tell them how much you appreciate them and what they have done for you, what will happen? Will they despise you? Of course not. They will smile, be happy, and thankful for what you have done. This is a normal reaction. What we need to be conscious about is why this occurs. It is obvious to most of us that treating anyone with honor in a respectful and complimentary manner will always elicit the same joyous response every time. They will be thrilled and appreciative. By doing this, you will have brought them love and created unity and joy, even if it may be for just a brief time. 
Love brings us into unity with each other through our hearts. Love actions, such as shown in this example, brings another person understanding as they know how much you honor them. This is the power of choice, your choice. And when you choose to come from your heart, you can literally change people's lives for the better, including yours, in an instant. Yet, these situations must be authentic. You can't do it trying to gain control or advantage over others. Spirituality, as we all say, is personal and unique. It is achieved at the individual level. Self-sovereignty in its simplest form means you consciously take control of you and come from your heart. You take control of who you are and, by extension, who you desire to become. You create self-sovereignty through love. Ron always says our growth and change never ends. Becoming self-sovereign is an ongoing expansion into unity. It is where we bring together various aspects of who we are, all of us, including the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual aspects of ourselves and others. Quantum physics states where 99 point and there's 69, Sarah, 9999999 percent energy, and I believe we live in an energy field of infinite possibilities. When we are in unity, we are one with all that is, which means oneness with God as well. In many ways, persevering to be self-sovereign is the ultimate goal. Now, it's interesting, we have a lot of things going on where people are talking about the fifth dimensional reality. In many ways, it is moving into unity consciousness. As our consciousness begins to expand even further, we begin to realize the darkness in the world is just a reflection of our own self and our choices. Once this is realized, we desire to heal ourselves, not to change the world. We move into being the expressions of love and know that love is the only creative and lasting power. We see the illusions of separation and judgment. We understand the value of unity and begin to create our own reality, which is in unity with all that is. Once we expand in unity, we begin to know unity with God comes from within. And the stronger you become, the more awakened and raised your frequencies, the more sustainable a full five-dimensional existence will become. As we are all one with the universe, know that you affect the complex energy grid that determines what dimensionality we enjoy. At this moment, you have the ability to direct and focus your energies consciously to any specific point on Gaia. And this is important as you can now help all of humanity through an activation of energies to move us all into 5D. As a wonderful exercise in unity, I request that your thoughts be directed and focused to the 5D activation areas. You don't even have to know where they are, but you need to have the intent to anchor as much of the 5D frequencies in this moment of now. Your intent will come from your heart and focus upon all that is good for humanity. Set the frequency for humanity to evolve beyond all of our war, separation, poverty, disease, and enslavement. Set the desire for unity. Desire with all your heart for a transition into the 5D world and focus on the great and loving changes you wish to see develop now for humanity. When we do this together, it is an act of unity and through our collective effort to raise the entire frequency of Gaia. So I ask you, to collectively focus on moving us to unity and into the 5D frequency through love. And that, thank you, is my 
introduction to Unity. So a bit different. <laughs> I love it. What a fabulous introduction, Martin. Thank you. You took us from starting with just basic definition to move it to a from a very spiritual perspective and then to a perspective that actually moved us into a a place of wholeness and how we can actually affect those around us, humanity around us. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was brilliant the way you went from definition to just just the way that little path moved, got my little brain waves working. <laughs> and but I thought as we move through this, and that was an amazing introduction, one of the things that sort of stuck with me is how do we in everyday living bring this into our lives? And I think at one point throughout some of the, your discussion, your introduction, Martin, you said now from a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I often wonder is why do we still continue to separate spiritual perspective from who we are instead of just and from this perspective i'm not i'm not questioning it well i'm questioning it i'm not i'm just i'm just pondering because i i do the same thing and what crossed my mind is if we could just say if we're all spiritual beings and we are co-creating with god then why don't we take all of what we learn and all of what we believe and just bring it into our daily lives as naturally as we possibly can, whether that be through personal relationships or professional relationships. And then my mind wandered, as it always does. And I think about when you talked about unity and bringing humanity together, I immediately went to the business world and thought, wow, we don't have to go it alone. We should be joining others in, in discussion and conversation, and how do we offer support as we move towards unity? And then I thought, wow, that's no different than in your personal life. It's not about saying this is right or wrong or good or bad. It's about I'm here to support you in wholeness, Mm -hmm. in the whole human being that you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever that looks like. So I found your your introduction really thought provoking from that perspective, and I I just a couple little nuggets came to my mind, and that was some of what we've talked about in many past programs, and that being that fact that we talk about we're all unique, and yet we talk about unity and wholeness mm-hmm. and oneness, and I think Ron, you often talk about non sameness. And I truly believe that what makes us whole and what makes us united is our non-sameness. Because mm-hmm. if yeah. we were all the same, we'd have nowhere to go. We'd be going in circles. Yeah, I agree. And I'll just comment on the one piece. I use spirituality in that context. And I know most of our audience is probably coming from a spiritual background and understanding. But I moved on later to the quantum physics and saying it doesn't matter. It, it was a sense saying it doesn't matter whether you call it spirituality. We're all energy, and we can affect move our energy to do things. So whether oh, you call sure. that physical reality or you call it spirituality or whatever you call it, I just sort of broaden the various terms. And, and I completely agree with you, Martin. And I, I completely agree. I think it was just as you transitioned through it, mm. it just sparked that thought process, in yep. you, and you carried it through beautifully in your induction. So well, it was a good thought. Thank you for that. Okay, Ron. Now. From, from my take on unity, like all of the 
topics that we've been we've taken in the past, almost all of them are in a state of development. Mm-hmm. And unity is the same thing. Now, a lot of times, most people will have a tendency to look for unity outside themselves. Mm-hmm. As in, for instance, world meditation. You will find groups that will conduct a world meditation where they'll try to get as many people united Mm -hmm. in meditation for a common goal or a common cause. Mm -hmm. And this is all really, really good. But to the degree that we have evolved emotionally, there has been notable success with this. And yet there is still so much more to go with regards to unity and what I would term as unconditional unity. And to see it outside yourself must be conducted within the self itself. So when you have separation between your emotional body and your spiritual body, and you have discord, the heart whose function it is to unify and bring unity to the to the both polarities has a difficult time in doing this and ends up only producing conditional love simply because of the lack of communication and acceptance between your emotions and your spiritual understandings so the idea that we can have unity in our world for instance is a reflection of just how much work you are doing to uncover what you have in your subconscious mind Unconditional unity, in my mind, will only be reached once we have attained our self-sovereign identity, which in my mind means that we have united all four parts of ourselves, your spirit, your will, your heart, and your physical body, all must be united in, in one for true unity to occur. None of us understand yet what that will be like what that will feel like, and what will result in our creations from that. But we are getting glimpses of it as we continue to to uncover and heal our subconscious minds and heal the division, what I call that spiritual gap, between our emotions and our spirit. The concept of unity begins to build and gain in strength. Mm -hmm. And the depth of your understanding will only be known once you truly, truly work on the, the the judgments that you hold in your subconscious mind, their emotional responses. And once you begin to acknowledge that in, in yourself, this is when unity outside ourselves will be even much, much easier. Right now, we look in the world and there it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. Nobody wants to agree with everybody. Everybody's fighting. In some ways, it's it's very difficult to find a natural and authentic unity occurring. It's there, but because of the healings that we're going through that, that are so intense these days, it's easy not to recognize or see it. And I just ask people to be patient and continue to work on themselves. And it's almost like it will almost be effortless. Well, it's interesting, Ron, because you actually mentioned the the number of world meditations that have gone on, mm-hmm. and I've actually participated in a couple of those. Yes, and I have too. I'm thrilled with them. I, I got to tell our listeners that um, a lot of times I will join in, and I'm not really sure where I'm at, but I want to participate. 
And when I participate, I'm amazed at where I end up at the end of the world meditation. So whilst I agree that we all have things to work on internally and within ourselves, and I, I totally appreciate that and totally agree with it. I also believe that, at least for me, and I can only speak for myself, that I've participated in, in some of those world meditations and it has levitated me emotionally to that mm-hmm. next level. And I felt that ripple effect, that, that feeling of elation of, gee, I'm not sure if I want to be here, but I kind of do. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to participate and I'm going to give it my all, but I'm yeah. not really sure where I'm at. And midway through, I'm like, holy camoly, I'm here, I'm here. And so I, I would, I, I just, I just wanted to bring that forward that we don't always have to be fully evolved to actually make that difference. And it's almost mm-hmm. that, again, I, I go back to, and I hate to use the coined phrase, but I think it's a good one, that ripple effect that says when many people join together, in, and we see this all the time when many people join together in anger, more anger will ensue. Mm-hmm. When many people join together in love, love will prevail. Mm-hmm. And so those kinds of things that we, we get involved in, I think are, at least for me, I think they're awesome. It just well, gets me to that next level of awareness. And I agree with you 150% on that. When you participate in these world meditations, what you are doing is you're gaining the experience so that the concept of unity is not simply a mental effort. Experience is what we need in order to understand and grow. And so that's what I'm saying. Get involved in these, get very much involved in these things. We might not be 100% there. That is fine. We know that and we've accepted that and we're continuing to work. This is what I've always been saying. It's that forever endeavor from the heart here that we're on this journey into self-sovereignty. But in the process of changing or evolving some of these emotional blockages and you've decided I've healed in this location, now you're wanting to experience that healing in one way, shape, or form. And this is where these acts of meditation worldwide can provide that for you. Because when you get involved in these meditations worldwide, and then you hear the results of what you've achieved with participating in that, you've just proven it to yourself that something is working. And you now own that rather than someone who hears it offhand, for instance, didn't participate and sees that, yes, it did work because they did not participate and do that extra step of actually doing the exercise. It's not as real to them as it is to those who actually participate in it. But I so, actually believe it affects them as well. I, I mean, I, I got to say that oh, it's whether, still whether or not anyone... <clears throat> It will affect them, but it will, it will even affect you even more deeply once you've experienced it yourself. Your knowing of it is far more there because you've experienced it. This is what we're, this is what we're being in, in physicality. We're experiencing our balance of thought, emotion and heart and body all together and what that accomplishes. It has to be experienced. This is what time is all about. So you have to get into it is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. If it's just a mental exercise, yeah, you'll hear this. You'll see that. You'll understand that it's it's there. And to one degree, yes, you will gain enlightenment. But to truly know something, to truly 
deeply know something, you have to experience it. And this is where doing those world meditations or deciding to bond with somebody as opposed to just mentally thinking, you know, it would be really nice to have a relationship there. To actually go and do it and bond with it and you making it real, unity then at that point becomes even more real and more tangible and more deeply understood. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I put that little exercise at the end too. Have, mm-hmm. have everyone set the intention for unity. As far as I can concerned, the main key statement I had in that whole opening was becoming self-sovereign is an ongoing expansion into unity. It is where we bring together various aspects of who we are, including the physical, mental, emotional, and energetic. Mm -hmm. It is unity, because if you don't bring them all together in the heart, you don't have unity. And it is only through unity that, I think, we expand further and further to being self-sovereign. In unity, as Karen said, I think with the the, the med- worldwide meditations or intent sessions or whatever various ones there are, that works to, as you said, Ron, to give you the experience and feeling and knowing about what it is, which you won't get by just reading about it. Mm-hmm. And it is those experiences that drive it. Although it's nice to say we have to bring into unity the physical, mental, emotional, etc. It's a statement. But you really have to do it. You have to understand how you can do it, what works best for you. Begin doing it. It is the action that will bring you the experience and the knowing of why it works. Nothing well, else sure. will. Yeah. It's- for sure. <laughs> and the first action is listening to it. So I would, I would say the first, the, probably my first foyer into world meditation was I probably was not meditating. Truth be told, I probably was not. Mm. I was listening to the recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that still, to me personally, has a moving experience that of says, course it did. Mm-hmm. okay, now you're at this next point. And then it's like, oh, now I want to participate. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess what I'm saying is to our listeners is everyone's on a different part in their journey and mm-hmm. on the same path, but at different stages. And taking mm-hmm. different forks in the road. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, and you, you, I, can, you can only get to unity with what you're presently at. Even if it's a tiny little smidgen, maybe you were listening to that and you were moved by one or two statements in the, while listening to it. Mm-hmm. Just your the fact that you were moved in this moment, just that little bit added that quantum to the entire quantum, mm-hmm. and you connected in whatever capability that you had developed personally into that unity. So yeah. it's not like you, you've got all of yourself and you're, you're there. My mm-hmm. God, no. If we, if we had all of ourselves, we'd already have ascended. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah. That's kind of where I'm going, Ron. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of where I, I was going. You. I think we're saying the yeah. same thing, but it's mm-hmm. like yes, yeah. baby steps are, are awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, I and remember absolutely, absolutely. years ago. And they're absolutely essential if this is the most that you can do. As Martin said earlier, it has to be authentic. If it's not authentic, it's going to fall flat. It will fall far short of the energetic input that you would want to put in if you're forcing yourself or if you're not true, if it's not authentic. And the backfiring from that energy by not recognizing that can be quite negative on you. Quite negative, yeah. Yeah. 
could be. It could trigger some of the denials and the self-judgments that you might have. And we all have self-judgments. This is, this is the, this is the way we end up creating our subconscious minds. These are all the judgments that we put into our subconscious minds that we deem unacceptable to ourselves. This is what we're attempting to heal. And as I said, the more that you can have present all of yourself to love all of that which is outside yourself, the stronger the unity you will be able to generate and actually feel and understand. Mm-hmm. And it can't be forced. No. no. It can't be forced. I mean, I think, you know, 20 years ago, I remember um, Dear Martin introduced me to Conversations with God, uh, Neil Donald Walsh. And he was kind enough with a coworker to give me the, the entire book. I was so thrilled. And I was so, I thought, ready. And after three pages, I clearly was not. Mm. I was forcing it. Mm. And it wasn't till many years later, through lots of expansion throughout my life, that it just flowed naturally. So Mm. I think what I'm trying to say is, for our listeners, take whatever steps are comfortable for you. Mm. And just embody them and enjoy them and go with the flow. Let it happen as it's meant to happen. Don't force it. It's like, oh my goodness, I should be over here. No, you shouldn't be anywhere but where you are. Yeah. Don't make up imagined realities and berate yourself. Exactly. Let it it flow. Forgive yourself and just go with it. Yes, everyone has thoughts I'd like to be here or there and this should do this. But when it doesn't happen, don't go guilt or negative or berate yourself over it. Just no. keep going. And, and even if you do try an extra and it sometimes backfires, don't feel guilty over that either. It's it's a lesson. Now you know what not to do. Mm-hmm. You know, by forcing right. yourself in a certain direction, it's not wrong is what I'm saying. Nothing yep. is ever wrong. Nothing is ever wrong. No. Nothing is ever wrong. It's no. there simply to teach you, is this what you truly are and want to be? One thing I always find amazing about my personal journey anyway is, as you said, Karen, you take baby steps. And yes, I take a lot of yeah, baby I steps. Do. But every once in a while, in taking a step, it's like, whoa, that yes. just opened up a whole new vista. <laughs> and where the last five steps you. did not. And then it all comes <clears throat> together. And I hear it, you, Martin. And they occur. So you may have taken 10 steps and think you've only gotten so far. Just realize that next step may take you what you think was five times further than the last 10 steps. Just exactly. one. To me, it's like that hundredth monkey syndrome. Yeah. When you decide to, when you decide to heal, and if you're on that track of healing, there's almost like an accretion cycle where you go through these cycles and you build energy with each cycle that you complete. You build energy until you get to a point where, and it's usually in, in many, in metaphysics, it could be the 12th cycle because we are, we're operating on the number 12 here. But the, the, once you hit that 12th cycle is when you will have that eureka aha moment and a whole new area of creativity opens up to you, which otherwise would never be there at the beginning of your accretion cycle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a building up. I'm finding for myself personally, it's a building up. So and you go over and over, over and over again. What's the setback? Well, and there are setbacks too. Oh, you can yes. go through the whole path. I mean, just to be clear, you can go through portions of your path and feel that eureka and feel like, yeah, I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Doof. yes. And you, you shouldn't be discouraged by that. No, I'm not. No. Ex- very accepting of, wow, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Whole new learning. 
this is awesome. I'm getting an opportunity to learn something new. And I get to take that other piece of the path that I haven't taken yet. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all, I, I yeah. like I like looking at it, and I guess a couple of ways. But I'll use the musical aspect of it. When you're trying to write something like a symphony, mm-hmm. you will come up with a set of notes that just sound great, and it's a good start, and you're mm. thrilled by it. And then you work and work and come up with a second set of notes that sounds great. Now you know I have a long way to go, and then you come up with a third set of notes, and they're all right. And you try and work on a fourth set, and then you realize it doesn't work, and you go back to the third set again. As you build, you haven't lost those first two sets that were wonderful. Exactly. You're exactly. Just, you just built something that wasn't quite there, and then went on, and then realized you had to go back to change it. Now, all of a sudden, you have four parts that are wonderful. It, yeah. it is a flow and an ebb of that sort, but you never lose the ones you build. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Unless you decide to. That's very astute with regards to building unity within yourself and subsequently then outside yourself. Because it is a gradual process. I've often told people, when you awaken on the path, you're only at the beginning of your redemption contract. You still have to go through all of the self-forgiveness in order to reclaim all of what you are holding outside yourself and outside your love. Mm-hmm. Being awakened, and, mo- and a lot of people will say, oh, I'm awake, uh, I'm done, I'm finished. <laughs> Yeah. You're just beginning. You're just beginning. Now you have the aware, the self-awareness to be able to move forward on the path of redemption, which I call a contractual redemption with with uh, with Creator. Mm-hmm. And it does take cycles. It does take time. And yes, you will fall flat on your face sometimes. And as I said, though, whenever you do fall flat, it's just another answer for you in the sense that you know that this way doesn't work. It's time to try something else. Yeah, and I would say it doesn't work for you because sometimes yeah. it will work for someone else. Yes, oh yes, we're all unique. And I like you when you said when you awake and say, "Oh, I'm awake." I immediately thought of someone waking up for the first time in bed. They wander out their front door and they're looking around, and someone says, "Can I help you?" I don't know where am I. And then they explain, and they look at a car, and what's that? It's a car. Well, what does it do? Well, see, someone gets in and drives. You mean I have to learn how to drive to get somewhere? <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. a forever expansion because you yes. only just awakened and opened your front door. That you, There's got a whole world there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good in many ways because it's exciting to look at all the – you have a whole world that we don't even know anything about yet. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting because as you explore it and as you grow into it, I – Go back to your statement, Ron, that we don't know what it all means to, to really get there in unity. Mm-hmm. But I do know that getting there in unity, my deepest feeling is absolute wonder. It, oh, it, yeah. It's beyond anything I can comprehend at the moment. And, and, it, and, but it, and I know it's so great. Even, it's beautiful. Even even that, mm. even even speculating what it might be like, yeah. it, there, there, it still will fall so far short that when you actually get there, you'll look back at that and say, oh, my God, I tried to speculate and thought I knew. Yeah. Ah, yeah. There is yeah. no way. There is absolutely no way when you're in an unconscious state of mind what total awakened consciousness is going to be like. There is no way. But we can entice ourselves to continue moving forward mm. by guessing you know, and and in some cases, even people who who have awakened their pituitary and their their third eye, as some some people call it, will get visions of what that would look like, and and they will be spiritually and emotionally moved by these visions. Mm-hmm. And when I say emotionally moved by it, the, um, what I mean is 
the entire part of themselves that they, that they have recovered emotionally will get triggered. But there is still so much more with regards to our emotional bodies that once that's all present with us and awake and total in acceptance of it all, that cognition, there's no way we could even project it to begin to understand what that will be like. But Martin, you had said there will be an ecstasy and it's wonderful and it will be very much something that will be pleasant and, pl- and pleasing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I put my intuition and feelings towards it, yeah, I know there's a, it's my own problem, but I have to shut it down because it gets so <laughs> overwhelming I can't deal with it. So I yes. know how great it is and I just can't even deal with it yet. <laughs> your, central, your central nervous system has to be able to withstand the increase in energy in energies, both spiritual and emotional. Mm-hmm. So your physical body has to do catch up. And that is probably the, the most difficult aspect during this time of ascension that we're actually going through is trying to ground the energies within the physical body. Mm-hmm. The physical body has also gone through so many horrible mutations and we're constantly doing things to actually kill the physical body from drugs to eating poorly and overlooking genetically modified foods and any number of things that we continue to force the body to have to purge. Mm -hmm. We continue to do that to this poor physical body. And it is having a very difficult time during this ascension cycle because many people are reporting aches and pains and dizzy spells, eyesight problems, you name it, the physical body is going through these things. But the one good thing is our intent to heal, and through the assistance of Creator, we're still present, we're still here, we have not died. Yes. And I'll say one thing on our intent to heal, is I'll just ask our listeners to say, yes, always keep that intent to heal. And no matter what is going on with your body through all of this that's related to it, do not give up in despair. Look on it as it is healing and moving forward as well. So that is don't so move Im- in the opposite direction. <laughs> yes, I find that is so important. Ever since I've mentioned that, I've found that because when I'm going personally, when I'm going through some of the emotional stuff that comes up that needs attention and needs healing, when that, that emotional stuff is coming up, it's usually being expressed in the way that I'm feeling that I'm being victimized and attacked and that I have to attack back. Mm-hmm. And with the thought that all that I am trying to do is make sure that my intent is for healing to happen. And to me, when you say that your intent is to heal, it means you're acknowledging that you are God in your life Mm -hmm. and you are at cause with everything that happens to you. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is what the intent to heal is all about, is remembering that you're at cause here. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Ron, I totally agree with that. The intent to heal is very important. Mm -hmm. And I even find that when I move to the thought that, no, I I have an intent to heal rather than moaning about the pains, if my mind wants to wander that way, Mm -hmm. is is it helps them go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you are your own creator. (laughs) I have a wonderful example today. I just got off vacation for two weeks, and I arrived back at work on Monday to a desk that was rather chaotic. And... There's one person that in, in our department that I'm continuing to butt heads against. And something came up again today. And I ended up trying to assist 
this one person in getting involved in trying to resolve something because I knew that he was you know, he was quite busy, and it backfired mm-hmm. to the degree that he had believed that he had done something in order to resolve the situation and it hadn't, but took complete resentment that I had stepped in. Mm-hmm. And my instant reaction was, I'm gonna, I'm, I was, I was fuming. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to talk to him. You know, for, for almost three to four hours, I was just sitting there and fuming. And then again, it came to me. This sometimes when you're emotionally involved in something, the intent to heal is usually the furthest away from your mind because <laughs> all you're doing is wanting to seek revenge. I did what normally I would not do is I tried to gain acceptance by telling someone else what the situation was and how dare this person do this to me and blah, blah, blah. And again, reinforcing my victim mentality. It was at that point that the heal, the concept of healing came to me and said, and then it was like, Oh my God, it's me. I'm the one that's creating all of this. It's not this other person. No. And. I went back to my desk, and 10 minutes after that, this person came up to me and apologized for the first time ever in the history of working with him. He has never apologized for anything. That's because of where your energy went. Yes, and then my instant reaction was to apologize because I also saw that when I was attempting to help him, there was a hidden an under underlying current of trying to prove him wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And I acknowledged that. And this person almost broke down in tears. And I went back to my desk and I almost broke down in tears myself with the joy that I had finally achieved a level of unity with this one person through bonding that I had never, never had before. Mm-hmm. And no, wonderful. It, it was just, that's it was an amazing experience today. Just amazing. That's a great sharing, Ron, like to see two people come together and be able to accept both of their foibles. Yes. And say, hey, but we're still together as one. And I think if it goes back to the top of the hour, Martin, with your introduction, that in its truest form mm-hmm. is unity. That in its truest form is unity. Mm-hmm. But I think Martin, what Martin was saying, and I was trying to imply as well, is this person would never have come to me had I not energetically decided that I was the creator here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now that's the important part that we yes. delve into a bit, is we are all 100% creators of our reality. Mm-hmm. Anything you see... And believe outside of yourself is that is not caused. You don't think it's caused by you? Guess again. Yes, it is. It is all caused by you. And that's a hard concept for a lot of people. It is. It's all caused by you. Well, only because so many bad things happen to people because of what they're holding in denial in their subconscious minds. That how could I possibly be creating that for myself? I I didn't because they're not conscious. That's not what I would have chosen. That's right. That's not what I wanted to happen. That's not what I would have liked. That's right. The problem with the subconscious mind is that it is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, it's more powerful than our conscious our conscious desires to try to do something. Oh. This is why a lot of times when you try and do something, it backfires because you've still got a lot of denials yet and undercurrents and everything that are that is working against you. Yeah. A lot of studies indicate you're lucky if your conscious mind controls even 10% at best. 
Yes. I mean, um, we, all have, we all have the opportunity to walk away from situations, right? And yeah. oftentimes we don't because we feel, as you said, Ron, oh, there's that victim victimizer piece and I'm going to, I'm going to move through it. And maybe in some cases, the right decision is you get to co-create everything that you have. Mm-hmm. So you have the choice not mm-hmm. to change. And usually those concepts, the, the, what triggers the fear behind that is so powerful. Usually there's a rage involved and it's usually on a death level is if I have to win here or I know I will die. Right. Yeah. Which is false. And yes, yeah, exactly. You just disengage. Yeah. But those, those are the ones that are extremely difficult to challenge. Mm-hmm. In fact, many, 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 many people will never have the courage to be able to look at that. I do believe that, as you said, you shifted the energy and your thought process within yourself and your emotional body to be more balanced in the heart. And it opened up everything around you. It changed your reality because it is only your reality. Mm -hmm. And this is the magic that I keep talking about. Exactly. And it's, it's very interesting that if people begin to grasp that when they, they can create their own reality, and that's what we mean by it, when you move into heart balance on anything, you will notice how all the negative things around that shift and move shift. in your loving favor, because love has a higher frequency, things move yes. up to the higher frequency. And mm-hmm. you can shift them all because of who you are being and where you're at. Yeah. And if you come from the heart and balance, all the negativity around whatever you're thinking about or whatever you shifted there will change in that instant. Mm-hmm. I have seen that happen, and you've just seen it happen. And it's so true. It's hard for people to grasp and understand. That I understand. Oh. <laughs> and, it's, and metaphysics, most people hear about it, but they don't exactly know how to implement it in their lives. And this is what our show is all about, yeah. is how do we implement these metaphysical ideas and make them work? Yes. And I just indicated just now one method that actually worked for me. Well, yes, and I believe that method would work for a lot of people. So right. I think kudos. That's a wonderful story, wonderful Fantastic. example. And that goes to the heart of unity. Because mm-hmm. unless you're in unity with yourself and everything in you is in unity, mm-hmm. you'll never find unity. As Karen said, you can do things with other people that help you understand unity. Mm-hmm. But the goal, although those things may help you understand it, it's understanding it within you. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. If you want to change out a reality, you change your perspective on it inside. Yes, and your energies around it. Yes. Balance in the heart is always. Yeah, I would say, and it's always funny, it's never complicated, but it's hard to get there. <laughs> we, we overcomplicate it, and yet it's so simple. It is. But and the- it happens. it happens almost automatically in small things. It's the bigger things. As you said, Ron, when you are having this real turmoil with this coworker, that's when it feels really big. Yeah. But I would be willing to bet that there are all kinds of times that many of us go through situations where energetically it doesn't feel that big. So we naturally move through it. And those are what I call the baby steps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of getting us there. They just naturally turn around like, oh, course i would expect that yeah i think the trick there is ron did though is he moved there consciously no absolutely and the more you move there consciously and do that 
more and more consciously, the more your reality will be controlled consciously. Mm -hmm. There's there are three stages of awakeness to the towards sovereign self uh, as a basic thing. The first stage is unconsciously unconscious, and these are the people who are still awake and they haven't experienced an awakening. Once you have awakened, you are consciously unconscious, meaning that there is still a huge amount of you that is manipulating your awareness in the unconscious states, in your subconscious mind. But you are consciously attempting to become aware of that in order to regain your ability to take control over your manifestation's ability towards becoming consciously conscious, which at which point you are now a sovereign identity. Yes, and I know we've had that on the program before, but it's been a long time, so that was beautifully repeated at the right time. Thank you. (laughs) No, that's that's a good, good point. Very interesting. Unity has... So many layers to it. I mean, I know in one of my, the story I gave in the introduction, it was between two people. And then, Karen, you gave one of doing the, the mass meditation and right. intent. So it becomes unity between multiple people. In my example, it was someone telling someone else how much they honor mm-hmm. and they were buying them dinner and thanking them. That is one way to build unity, but it is from us to without in the sense of you're deliberately doing it to try and cause it through action. Whereas Karen's was you're deliberately working together to try and do it through multiple action. And your example, Ron, was deliberately doing it internally to change external reality. And they're all different, but they all work together. There's facets to it that you, you have it's to really use them process. all. Yeah. It's an amazing process, right? Use them all. Use whatever works for you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I imagine all of them would work for you. So use them all whenever you get the chance. Each has its own layer which is fascinating. And if you embrace each and every one of them, then your life becomes more fulsome. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there, there may be setbacks, but ultimately, if you continue to embrace them, mm-hmm. you too will be embraced. In any one of them, but that one in particular. I'll go back to your example, Ron, with your coworker. Um, when something like, ha- like that happens between two people because of what you've shifted and brought into balance in yourselves, mm-hmm. the emotional joy from that is beyond the others, if I can put it that way. Oh, it is. Um, when, I got yeah. back, when I got back to my desk after we had basically apologized to each other, and it was interesting because when I apologized to him, the recognition in his face was almost it was very very brief and then he shut down immediately because clearly men don't show emotions Mm. or some (laughs) form of judgment interfered with allowing himself just to just to experience that in openness and trust but the amount of trust that was forged at that point was insurmountable and then when i went back to my desk and i in my mind, because I couldn't do it verbally here, but in my mind, I was shouting to God to say, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I broke down into tears and I had to quickly get a Kleenex and I was dabbing my eyes to make sure that nobody could actually see. <laughs> but the, the amount of the emotional joy that I felt in that instantaneous moment of unity with somebody that was unexpected, mm-hmm. but Oh, so wonderful. So powerful. Just, well, yeah, That's so there, amazing. There, there, there's almost no words. It was like 
when I was trying to earlier describe what it's going to be like when we have all of yeah. ourselves, I got a, just a little bit of a glimpse of what that was like. Mm-hmm. And just, it, just imagine how you felt. How would the entire world feel? Exactly. Wow. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. Exactly. Well, well hopefully we wouldn't, about- we wouldn't cry for more than a day. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, except I remember in the initial stages of my awakening oh, many, many, many years ago. There was a lot of emotional stuff. I I was a very empathic person, so somebody would be sharing a particularly difficult story. I'd start to wail and cry, and I didn't care if I was a man or not. I don't care. I and people would wonder, are you feeling pain? And then Grandmother Parish and my elder would often pipe up and say, no, he's simply overjoyed with the emotions that he's feeling, and this is his display of how over over the top it is. Mm-hmm. These are tears of joy, not tears of sorrow. And, yeah, I know some people can't always tell the difference, but when you're mm-hmm. experiencing it, you certainly know the difference. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's a feeling like, oh, if this could only continue for maybe 10 seconds more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is an amazing feeling. So there you go, folks. In in many ways, we've, I think we've brought unity together quite well. Now, I know we still have about six minutes left. The one thing I did want to say on unity, it's very interesting. The one thing that unity does beyond our interactions is... Our interactions with everything. So while we've been concentrating on personal and people interactions, unity also brings in the world as a whole. And our moving into unity will change how we look at the world and stop how we abuse it so much. Mm-hmm. And and it gets to a lot of the other, some of the other expressions of love when we're talking about sustainability and that type of thing. It does move us into all of those spaces as well. So unity is tied into many of the other expressions of love. And I just wanted to say not to be overlooked. In unity, we're in unity with all life, which I believe is the whole planet, of course, but um, beyond that as well. And so there is a unity there that brings consciousness and awareness, hopefully, forward as to what we do and how it hurts Gaia or Mother Earth, and therefore yeah, how it hurts space. us as well. Yes. And, and Thank that. You, Martin. That, that is a brilliant, brilliant thought because I think oftentimes you're right. We do talk about just us as human beings mm-hmm. in this space and time, but what about Mother Earth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are we treating our trees and our gardens? And- yeah. And I often think about people who hunt certain whales for parts of them because they have this belief that having those parts of them are cooking parts of them and eating it will bring mm-hmm. them massive health improvements and all these superstitions. Or else. that horrible rite of passage for t- for youngsters in, I think it was Japan, where they go out and they slaughter dolphins by mm-hmm. the hundreds. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's an indication that you've just become a man when you've killed your first dolphin. So that's the type of thing it will get rid of because it shows no unity. Well, we no. won't have to worry about endangered species because we won't have to worry about it at all. Because there will be no such thing as endangered species. When we're in true unity, yes. If we're in, when we are in true unity, yes. Yeah, and so the benefits from unity are profound on many levels, mm-hmm. and I think that unity, in many ways, is only 
probably superseded by th- the next topic we have coming up: wisdom. <laughs> you know, I won't get. I won't get into. Hopefully, going to bring it all together. <laughs> yes, exactly, because I think it does. So I won't get into it now. But I do believe that unity, as we've gone down this list of expressions of love, they've actually become a little concentration of more and more powerful ones that have mm-hmm. further reaching implications in some of the individual ones. Courage versus unity. I would say that. Unity has far greater ranging implications than courage, but doesn't mean it's yeah. not important. But they all play their role, and one's like a brick in the wall, where the other is a major cornerstone of the foundation. But they're There's all a important, balance, right? Yeah, they're they're all important, and so I think unity is one of those things that has so many depths and levels to it that mm-hmm. it is astounding. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, for me, unity, the lessons on unity that I'm learning currently are on bonding and relationship. Mm-hmm. Two aspects or areas in my life that I still have a lot in my subconscious mind that there are fears there that I have not yet been willing to look at. Mm-hmm. But as my example with today, that relationship with this one person, with my forgiveness of myself and the courage to actually look and enter what I call the fires of self-forgiveness, because forgiveness of self is more is very difficult. Mm. But once you've done it, for me, once I accomplish that, the unity and the bonding and the relationship that I that that was not there suddenly was there. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. Uh, I agree. That's that's how it goes. Now, I hate to say it, but now that we have done all that, we're now down to our last minute. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it very, very much and love you all. And I hope that you do glean something of value out of what we say. And, of course, we'd always love to hear from you on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. So feel free to write in and give your comments. I would also like to thank our host radio station, Law of Attraction Radio Network. And beyond that, I hope you all have an absolutely, as always, fabulous week. Yes, have a wonderful week, everyone. Have a loving week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.